Geek Bill Radio. Hello, once again, all you geeks and geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, the mayor of Geekville, and the host of Geekville Radio, coming at you with episode 298. If you want to follow along in the show notes, you can go to geekvilleradio.com slash 298. If you don't see the show notes in the podcatcher of your choosing, we are back to topical news here. We're going to talk Gotham Knights to CW. We're going to talk Superman and Lois. We'll talk some MCU. We'll wind it up with a review of Hawkeye because we want to get our reviews and predictions in before the season finale. But first, I want to get a couple disclaimers out of the way. And returning to the nice, soft, padded cell in South Kakalaki, Crazy Train Jonathan Bullock. All aboard, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's going to be nice to actually have my voice quality a little bit better. I am not at work. I am at home in the, at the asylum back in South Carolina and using my Xbox. So should be a little bit better. Does it sound better on your end so far? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, well, I, I'm so used to hearing <laughs> hearing you on the phone now. I guess this is kind of a luxury now. <laughs> well, it's the holiday. Our schedules are a little wonky, but we're going to try to get a lot of stuff in around the holidays and right after the new year. Part of that is going to be the disclaimer that Seth said. We are going to review Ghostbusters Afterlife. We've both seen it, but we're going to try to get one more episode of Examining the Dead in before the end of the year. We were kind of talking about recording it the week of New Year's Eve, so next week. And we will review it on that because I think that's probably a little bit more probably for examining the dead. Mm-hmm. We are also going to review uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I have seen it. I saw it this weekend when it opened. Seth has been so crazy at his job. He hadn't seen it yet. So we need to give him time to see it. And we are going to review that for the next episode, right? Right. That'll be episode 299. It'll be the lion's share of the episode, if not the entire thing, because chances are we're, we're going to see things and we're probably going to get to noticing this and noticing that and putting two and two together and right. when you get two geeks rolling on stuff like that. And, that could and, be a and long And on show. top of that, it, it, and like all our reviews, it's going to be very spoiler heavy. It will have been out over a week. So between people having a chance to go see it and the internet being the internet, it, it, we, I feel a little more comfortable doing a lot of spoilers, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We get, and uh, we'll probably, at least hopefully, notice some things that maybe not the average person might not, and mm-hmm. we'll get you some of that content that you won't get uh, anywhere right. else. So, right. so with, if that that, that I, that's all I had to say, are you ready to go ahead and get started then? Yep, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll roll the uh, Geek News uh, bumper because I haven't run it in a little while. Although this is definitely more than one week worth. <laughs> this week in Geek News. All right, we'll start off in DC news here. Uh, Berlanti Productions, we seem to talk about an awful lot, well, certainly when we talk about the DC stuff, because with the Arrowverse and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, they got uh, another DC-themed show on the docket with Gotham Knights, and there is a link to the story in the show notes, geekvilleradio.com slash 298. And uh, had a little bit of fun writing this, but it, it says, Holy Murder Mysteries, Batman is dead. At least he appears to be <laughs> in the premise for the latest DC Comics-themed TV series for the CW, Gotham Knights. And Deadline.com had the breaking story. The premise says, In the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder, his rebellious adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are all framed for killing the Cape Crusader. And as the city's most wanted criminals... This renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names, but in a Gotham with no dark night to protect it, the city descends into the most dangerous it's ever been. 
Now, we both saw the trailer for the Gotham Knights game. I think it was at uh, Fandome uh, a while back. And at this Two years ago? Two years ago, was it? Yes. Not, or three years ago, maybe? Maybe, yeah. But this sounds like a very similar uh, premise. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you run with that because I know you, you kind of know the DC stuff better than I do. I mean, I tend to be the Marvel guy in our yeah. little duo here. Well, to give a little backstory, I, I, I'm kind of giving a little spoilers away here. But I'm also giving spoilers away on a video game that's several years old. So... Oh, well, for those that don't know the very well received Batman Arkham games that all our listeners know, I'm, I'm a devoted fan and player of the last entry was called Arkham Knight, you know, K N I G H T. And it ends with Batman. And I say this with air quotes, death. The, the, the story is about Scarecrow trying to take over the city of Gotham and getting all the other villains and Batman's rogues gallery to help him. Because the Joker had died at the end of the game before that Arkham City. And his grand plan has Bruce take off the cow and expose himself publicly. And then Bruce inactiv- activates something called, he calls the Nightfall Protocol. Of course, comic book fans know Nightfall was the name of the, of the, of the famous 90s comic storyline that introduced us to Bane. The one where mm-hmm. Bane broke Batman's back. Yep. So the, it essentially ends with Batman flying the Batwing back to, to, to Wayne Manor because everybody knows it's Bruce Wayne now takes his mask off, walks into the entryway and tells Alfred it's time and outside the gates of Wayne Manor are a lit, litany of, of media including Vicki Vale and as soon as Bruce walks in boom, there's an explosion, all of Wayne Manor is engulfed in flames so there's a post credit scene where very parallel to Bruce's story Young, rich couple with a child going through an alleyway in Gotham, being attacked by by muggers, and then a, a very creepy bat-like figure appearing and going, you're not real, we know the Batman's dead, mm-hmm. and then it swoops down and it goes to the credits. So the fan theory for a long time was that Bruce faked his own death, which I believe, because Bruce wouldn't kill Alfred. That <laughs> kind of goes against everything Batman stands for, and... That he is using the very, very highly, highly strong strain of the Scarecrow's fear toxin from that game, and use, he's weaponized it and using it to to make himself look more like a myth. And that's where that game ended. And Rocksteady, who is the the studio that developed all the Arkham games, except for the fourth game, Arkham Origins, which is a prequel. It's about like basically like year one, and then the comics has said that this was going to be the end of it. That's why they did this. It was meant to be a trilogy. Well, we all know in the business world, if something is successful, they're going to, it's not going to die. Right. So there became this this great, yeah, there became this great fan speculation that that wasn't the end. And back about a year after Arkham Knight came out, there started to leak out information from Rocksteady that there was going to be another Arkham game. It was going to be called like Arkham Retribution, I believe. And this was going to actually have Damian Wayne as an adult taking on the cowl of his father and enlisting the aid of Dick Grayson as Nightwing and Barbara Gordon as Oracle. She is Batgirl in this, but th- those are all DLC from this this stuff from before. The Most of the games, she's Oracle. She's in the wheelchair. There's nothing in the canon of the games universe where she got her, she got, she, her paralysis was fixed. And that it was going to be, like I said, Damian Wayne. And eventually they kind of hit production hell. But things were leaked, some early artwork, concept art, early computer renderings of like Gotham City. So it probably was the way they were going to go. 
I found that odd because Damian Wayne had never been even mentioned in these games. Jason Todd is Red Hood. In there. He's, he is the Arkham Knight becomes Red Hood. The mm-hmm. Robin you see throughout the games is Tim Drake. The Nightwing you see throughout the games is Dick Grayson. So these are canon established in this universe. In fact, Talia is a secondary protagonist in the second game. And she even alludes to the fact that her and Bruce had had a dalliance at one point. We all know in the comics that dalliance led to Damien. And she kept Damien away from Bruce and introduced him to well, in the comics. How old's Damien? About eight, ten years old when she brings him to Bruce, I think. I think ten, yeah. Yeah, and so you've never mentioned him. And her character, she, by the way, she gets killed in the second game. She doesn't even mention to Bruce, oh, by the way, I, I, I've got your baby. No, no. Right. It, it didn't make any sense. So it fell on the wayside. And then that kind of went dormant, but the Arkham games are so popular. When are we going to see something else? When are you going to see something else? And there was a talk for a long time that Rocksteady was going to do more than just Batman because there in all the, all the Arkham games, increasingly with each game, there was more and more ties into the DC comics universe as a whole. Mentioning of Superman, mentioning of places like Metropolis and Keystone City and the Flash. And you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So there was. A lot, and so everyone's like, "Well, why do they do a Justice League game?" And that was a rumor floating. Well, then at Fandom two years ago, like you said, the Gotham Knights trailer comes out. Well, at the same time it comes out, there also is a trailer for a game called Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League. What's interesting is, is the Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League game looks very much like the Rocksteady games as far as. And it is, and it's done by Rockstar. Mm-hmm. And, it, and they even have some of the same voice actors, like the same voice, Tara Strong, who had voiced Harley Quinn in the Arkham games. Well, except for the first one, they used Eileen Sorkin there. They like you know, the original from the comic, from the right. TV show. But, and, and, and you and me have said before off mic, Tara Strong is not Eileen Sorkin, but she's not a bad replacement. If you're going to get a right. replacement, she's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty close. But yeah, I digress. But so there was this feeling amongst fans is this a continuation? Is this the same universe as the Arkham games? Well, like to make it more confusing was WB Montreal Games releases at the same fan convention this Gotham Knights trailer, which looks more like their one Batman Arkham game, Batman Arkham Origins, which, by the way, Rocksteady has said is canon in the Arkham universe. Even though they didn't make it, right? Yeah, there's a lot of relating to that. Some of it's retcon, but a lot of what happens in Arkham Knight, the last game, refers back to things that happened in Arkham Origins. So you know that it's canon. I mean, there were characters in Arkham Origins that they're Deathstroke. That's the only time you hear about Deathstroke is Arkham Origins. You don't hear about him in City or or, or Asylum. So and Deathstroke, I mean, we could agree, Deathstroke's a pretty heavy hitter when it comes to villains. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially after that, what was it? I think it was Identity Crisis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah I think exactly. that's really what stepped him to the forefront. For so it's canon, and... Here we've got this game now by the same developers that did just the one game in the Arkham stuff, and it's directly tied to Batman, not just secondary like this the Suicide game. Yet the artwork looks different, the mechanics look different from the gameplay trailer, and none of the voice actors. But the plot, like you said, is much like the Berlanti show. It seems mm-hmm. to be based on the game that Batman has died. It's never said how he's died. And he's left a bunch of recorded video for Dick, Jason, Tim, and Barbara. And once again, in this game, Barbara is Batgirl again, which she never was established in the Arkham game. She got use of her legs back. So I don't know. The fan speculation at this point is 
One is a spiritual successor, that being Gotham Knights, and the Suicide Squad is actually a somewhat sequel, more of like a shared universe type thing. So you can see with two different studios developing games that they said are, are the same canon, and then they make these two different games that are somewhat related to those, how it could be confusing. Fan speculation, and and I, I tend to fall into this camp, by the way, is that Bruce has faked his own death. Yeah. The one gameplay trailer that we've gotten for Gotham Knights the game is Barbara and Tim taking on Mr. Freeze, who was already established as one of the top villains in the early Arkham game. And so if they are going to go tie into the game, I don't know. But this whole idea, I think the idea of Bruce Wayne faking his own death, that's very much in line with who the character is. What, what say ye? Absolutely, especially if he is going to find a way to continue to be Batman without having to be Bruce Wayne. And this is how I was going to tie it back to Berlanti, because that is mm-hmm. the big question. I mean, if this is going to be part of the Arrowverse or Flareoverse or whatever you're going to want to call it, because Berlanti mm-hmm. does have DC games that I don't think really tie directly into all the Flash yeah. titles. Remember that, that they have established in that episode of Arrow early on in the crossovers that mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne left and Batman's not around and that's hence why Batwoman is around. Why Kate why, why Kane? You right, know. exactly. So it could easily fit in that, oh, holy crap, Bruce Wayne's dead, and then they don't have to worry about casting Bruce Wayne for right for most of the season. But I'm with you in that I think the only way it makes sense is to have Bruce Wayne fake his death, have some way to work it out where either people forget about Bruce Wayne, or somehow gets discredited about Bruce Wayne being Batman, or maybe Bruce Wayne lied about being Batman. That's really Batman... Being publicly revealed as Bruce Wayne, I think, would kill the character, figuratively. Right. And that um, was that that's the whole reason that was the end of the Arkham Knight video game. Scarecrow mm-hmm. thought the one thing that Batman is gonna is afraid of, because that's what Scarecrow deals in his fear, right? Yeah. Is to have to reveal his 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 identity. Yeah. Unfortunately it blew up in his face, but Yeah. And and <laughs> that's what happens in, in comic book stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, and and in Bruce Wayne's case, it's not necessarily what would happen to him. It's all the people that it's would be Batman. caught up. Yeah, it, all the innocent people that would then be be targeted because that's what villains do. I still remember that classic scene in the Justice League animated series where they were teasing a romance between Batman and one, which I never quite understood. Yeah, I, I uh, love that. You're, you're yeah. an immortal. You're an immortal goddess of war, and I'm a rich kid with issues. Lots, lots and lots of issues. Of issues. <laughs> that is one of the most Batman line ever. <laughs> yeah, and they had that thing of where he said, "If I ever had people connected to me, those people would become targeted." And mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman just grabs like one of the stone gargoyles, something crushes it with one hand, goes next. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Well, and, and the thing of it is, it's part of the reason why I don't think the Gotham Knights video game is tied into to the earlier Arkham verse games because the whole reason that whether you believe Bruce really did kill himself or he'd faked his own death, he did that to protect Tim and Barbara and, exactly. and Commissioner Gordon and Alfred. And well, Alfred was faked his own death too then. So I think that's the real thing for him. And remember, we've talked about before, second only to the death of his parents, the one thing that Bruce Wayne is the most guilt-ridden over is the whole Jason Todd situation. Right. That he, for years, thought that Joe, he he wasn't there to save him and Joker killed him. And then he wasn't there when Rayshad Ghoul resurrected him. And he went crazy. And it really, really bothers Bruce. It's who he is. And mm-hmm. 
So it just makes sense to me that Bruce would not fake his own death and then enlist the help of his Bat family if the whole point of him faking his death was to, was to save them to begin with. Does, do you follow where I'm right. going with that? Right. Yeah. There, and he probably would leave some breadcrumbs around. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But, and and if uh, you want to go hardcore and and really get deep on the Batman mythos, if that's the case, you know, who do you think the most likely would be to figure it out? Tim Drake, because Bruce has said himself, Tim is is a better detective than he is. He is a naturally gifted detective. His deductive reasoning right. is 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 even better than his own. But so, one other um, one other memory that was uh, triggered with with you talking about the Arkham games was I remember a couple years back at the. Uh, Chicago Comic-Con where Kevin Conroy was talking about doing the Arkham games and he talked about how it was several days I think it might have been weeks worth of work where it was full day you go in you have and you have all your lines you have an hour lunch you come back and uh-huh. it's one of those things you might only get through a couple scenes a day if you're yep. lucky because you have all the variants of it and it was some of the hardest stuff he had to do mm-hmm. as as a voice actor and then somebody asked well would you do it again and he instantly said in a heartbeat <laughs> well, part of the reason I love those games so much is not only you got to remember the first two were written by Paul Dini, who right. is the, the genius who gave us Batman, the animated series. Right. So he's invested in the character. He understands the character. He knows what makes the character popular with audiences. So that that that's a big reason why is because Paul Dini's I, I love his take on Batman. But the real key to what made as much as I love the stuff we've seen live action, whether it be movies or tele or television, and what we saw in the animated series in the format of a video game, they were able to really delve into what made, especially Joker and Batman. And Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill get those characters so well; it was enjoyable just watching the cutscenes and stuff oh, as yeah. a as, as a player, as a Batman fan, to just see Mark Hamill and, and Kevin Conroy just knocking it out of the park totally yeah. getting who the characters are i i think the, the two the two biggest examples for me i'll give one for each for 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 mark understanding the joker when he dies when the joker dies at the end of the second game it's because he is his own scheme has caused him to poison himself with a with a with a mutated strain of of bane's venom serum and he's dying and through his own actions he causes batman to drop the only antidote that there is and mr freeze has developed for them and Batman tells him, he said, you know what's sad, Joker? He said, he goes, I would have saved you. He goes, even after all you've done, I still would have saved you. And the Joker says, and only the way Mark Hamill could deliver it, well, that is funny, and then laughs, and then dies with a smile on his face. That's Mark. And then the whole set, the whole last game, Joker's dead, but Batman, because he's been exposed to Scarecrow's fear toxin, keeps seeing Joker everywhere and is having a battle in his own mind with Joker. And that is just Mark Hamill completely riffing on understanding the character. Yeah. Now, Kevin Conroy's is a little different. It's just, there. it was really good throughout, but there's one scene in the last game in Arkham Knight. As you work your way towards defeating Scare- Scarecrow, you also defeat all the side bosses, just Penguin and Two-Face and Firefly and all these other... And after you capture each one of them, you put them in the back of the Batmobile, and then you drive them back to GCP lockup. And you don't see Batman or the villain, you just hear them talking. And the villains they got voices, I mean, Dolan North is the Penguin, it's great, right? Mm-hmm. I think John DiMaggio did the voice of Two-Face, and he did a really, really good job of giving him two distinct voices, depending on which side of the personality was was in control at that point, yeah. you know? Because I, I think any of the same guy did the voice in the, in the animated series, too? Wasn't it DiMaggio? 
I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to go back because I remember they, they, it was one guy, but you could tell he was doing two voices. Two, two voices. Well, for, that, yeah. Kevin Conroy did that. He did a different voice for, for Bruce Wayne yeah. than he did for Batman. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. regular voice is basically Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne. But there's a scene when when Harvey's, as he's carrying Harvey back at the lockup after he's captured him, he's vacillating back and forth rapidly to personality, half his personality. And he's on the, the, the scarred side and he's like, this is your fault. You did this to us. You said you were going to help us. And then he switches back to, to the to the Harvey Dent voice, and he's like, you were my friend. And then mm-hmm. you literally hear the pain in Kevin Conroy's delivery, and he says, I'm sorry, Harvey. Just two yeah. words. That nails Batman as a character. It's like, when I, I already knew, because I'm such a Kevin Conroy fan, I was like, he so gets this character. He so yeah. understands that how personal. And once again, to relate back to what we were talking about earlier, after after Jason Todd and his parents, that's probably the third biggest regret Batman has is that what happened to Harvey. Yeah, that's why be. Harvey Dent is such a personal villain for Batman. He was his mm-hmm. friend and, and and he was essentially he was his first teammate because he he predated Robin. I will be interested to see if they go and if they do if it is faked and do they even try to cast a Bruce Wayne? Have we heard any casting news on any of the other characters? Nightwing or no, no. I, what I was going to wind up the, the talk with is there really hasn't been any that announced, but since it's been so new, we're probably not going to see anything until late 2022, 2023 season anyway. But it's probably going to be fall 2022 before we uh, see anything of the of the show coming out. Well, I, I've, always, I've always said my fantasy casting for, for Dick Grayson, Nightwing, which... Full disclosure, I'm a huge Nightwing fan. It can't happen anymore because, uns- uh, f- sadly, this this actor's passed away. But I think Brandon Lee in his prime would have been a great Dick Grayson Nightwing. Yeah, I could see that as well, definitely. I think it would nail, knocked it out of the park. He could do that that smart Alex stuff that Dick does, That, but but we know he could do the fight scenes and the, and the, the acrobatics and stuff, and he had the build, good-looking like Dick was. And and not to not to talk too much about Spidey because we said we're going to review Spidey. I am so wanting a Dick Grayson, Peter Parker, Spider-Man crossover. I think they would make it great because they both are such smart Alex. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. But moving on from what is to come with the Berlantiverse into something that is here. And we've talked, certainly I have at least, about Superman and Lois. Mm -hmm. That uh, probably was my favorite of the Flareover shows this past season. But we are getting season two. It debuts in a few weeks uh, in January. The latest trailer hints at what is to come. And it looks like they're doing the bit where is Superman loyal to Earth or to America? Of course, they recently updated Superman's slogan to say truth, justice, and and a better tomorrow. And look, I'm I'm as rah-rah America as as the next guy. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, me neither. Because... I always thought that Superman looked more to Earth as being his home than necessarily the country because he the fact that obviously Superman would not be considered a US citizen, I would think. Can they really say he's part of the military or anything like that? Right. You know Well, and, I mean they even bring that up in the in the in the in the, the Zack Snyder stuff. Remember? Mm-hmm. At the end yeah. of, of Batman v Superman. When when Bruce and Diana are talking and she, and Diana even says they're giving him a soldier's funeral because they don't know what he is so it, it i think that's always been an issue with superman and and as far as the slogan being a better tomorrow well the nicknames has always been the man of the future yeah man of tomorrow yeah exactly and another scene that fits it as far as the live action was at the end of man of steel where he's talking to uh i don't know if it was general lane or, or what but 
And he just kind of flies up and then just comes back down with a with a satellite. He's like, no, well, this, is, this, this is part of the deal. I, You're not, you don't do this to me. Right. I have not watched Lois and Superman as much as you have. I've only seen bits and pieces of a few episodes. But what I have seen, I think, validates what you and I have been saying for four or five years now as we've covered the Flareverse. Tyler Hoechlin had a good super. Yep, absolutely. And I still stand by the fact, I think Henry Cavill does too. I think Henry mm-hmm. Cavill's a little too busy doing Witcher right now, but anyway. <laughs> right, right. But it will, I'll definitely be reviewing those uh, when when they come out. So that that covers the DC. Oh, I didn't I didn't mention to you while we're talking about DC. They have the first I think three seasons of Legends of Tomorrow on Netflix. I've got mm-hmm. the kids at my job watching that now. They really like it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And it's it, like every, every morning when I wake them up, they have a new question for me because they know I'm like the DC aficionado. Yeah. Does the fact that I wear a Batman T-shirt and a Superman T-shirt at least once a week probably give that away? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I mean, if I'm not wearing a, a, a Batman or Superman T-shirt, I'm wearing either Jason Voorhees or Georgia University of Georgia. So it kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of literally wear on my on my sleeve and my chest my 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 love, my fandom. But it yeah. is what it is, right? So, so they'll probably uh, see it kind of go from like the the blockbuster weekly tv mm-hmm. show to kind of it being dc's uh, guardians of the galaxy like it's been in the last couple of seasons of course i say that as a compliment yeah. i don't i don't say it as a oh no, a, as no. A negative that, well i mean they're still in the first or in the second season so the biggest okay. question has been what i think a lot of people's question was for us hardcore geeks when that show came who is this rip hunter guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but i digress yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into the Disney Marvel aspect. We'll talk some MCU. We'll talk some Boba Fett. This is Geekville Radio, and we'll be right back. Attention all time lords and ladies. This message is being sent by Lady President Romana and the High Council of Gallifrey. Geekville Radio presents Examining the Doctor. Join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor about everybody's favorite time lord, the Doctor. From Hartnell to Whitaker, Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for favorite and not-so-favorite Doctor Who stories. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GeekvilleRadio.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. All right, we are back here. And uh, quickly before we move on, Mark and I will be releasing the final two parts of Horror at Fang Rock. But once again, uh, yeah, it's just end of the year stuff and schedules and all that. I do apologize that it's been so long since we put out an episode. We will be polishing that up and really it shortly. And then moving on to other stuff in 2022, more mm-hmm. examining the doctor to come. But in Disney and the MCU, Cinema Blend had an interview with Destin Daniel Cretton, helmed Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And the, the, the likely sequel, I don't think there's any official name for a sequel yet but what he had said is that it would be a dream to have jackie chan in the sequel now this is just speculation i don't think there's really anything to the jackie chan actually being in a marvel movie but it certainly would be fitting and i just thought it would be fun to speculate like what type of character would be put into the mcu for jackie chan to play i don't know if you had any thoughts about it. you know that's kind of tough first off i would ask this has jackie chan ever played a villain I, I don't think so. I know he made that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I'm pretty sure Schwarzenegger was the villain in that one. We know that, like, Jet Li has played villains before, and mm-hmm. a few others, even Chuck Norris in Return of the Dragon, his first movie with Bruce Lee. He plays the bad guy. So I don't, and I don't, my thought, my initial thoughts would be, well, they probably would cast him as a villain. I don't know. I really don't. You can't cast him as the ancient one because well they tilda swinton already plays that character right. and you can't cast him as mandarin because what is that actor's name he's already playing him 
Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know room. who you, I don't know who you cast him. I, I, I know it might, it wouldn't be Marvel, but it's like if I had all encompassing power in Hollywood to do a martial arts movie, I would do something like that where it, the ending of the movie is like, I know I'm going to use a wrestling term here, but a big three-way dance where you got Jackie Chan is the good guy. Ray Park is the bad guy, and then maybe Jet Li is kind of the 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 guy in the middle, you know, the tweener. The tweener they might say, yeah, <laughs> and then and then just the the entire third act is just a three way dance between between all three of them. Sure, sure, sure. But I don't know. I mean, and here's the thing about Marvel: MCU does not create new characters out of whole cloth to populate the MCU. Whereas we know DC will will create. Well, I should say that Coulson was created for the movies and it became so popular he's mm-hmm. now in the comics but that is much more common of dc with characters like batgirl with characters like harley quinn those characters just, were you, created for tv first yep you don't you don't see that much in marvel Coles is about the only one i could think of hey go back to dc once again uh, john diggles Diggle, another yeah. one <laughs> mm-hmm. it, dc seems to do that more than the marvel so I can't see them creating a new character just for him. I don't know. You're the Marvel guy. You tell me. Yeah, I would have to think about it because I had said before that other than a few off stories back in like when Marvel Presents, I think, was an anthology series. And I was reading it mainly doing a Wolverine story. I really hadn't read any Shang-Chi or Master of Kung Fu as he was known at the time. So I'd probably Mm -hmm. have to think about it. And I guess really tying that to Shang-Chi is just because the director had said it's Maybe by the time episode 300 or 301 comes around, I'll probably have a, a better answer because I I, that's one of those things okay. I will have to do some diving in. But that will be that will be homework for a future episode. Okay. Right, well, from the MCU to Star Wars, we, there are a pair of Book of Boba Fett trailers that have come out. And we're going to get into Hawkeye in the uh, next section here because we wanted to get Hawkeye thoughts in before the season finale. But... A Book of Boba Fett comes along just after Christmas, and yes, it's the next in the Star Wars series, so to speak, the TV series, but I would say that this arguably may have as much, if not more, fan anticipation than Mandalorian does, simply because we're finally seeing the return of an established character into the TV world. Now, granted, Ahsoka, yes, Ahsoka goes back to Clone Wars, but that was her live-action view. This is a, Boba Fett's a character that goes back to the original trilogy, and we're finally seeing him getting center stage now as far as these trailers go it really does seem to point more towards a fet gaining power and replacing jabba and uh, but not necessarily being as evil i mean it's safe to say jabba was referred to in the opening crawl of return of the jedi as the vile gangster he definitely was evil yeah. whereas fet mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be evil it looks like he's kind of staying that neutral and kind of being more i think what Han was in the beginning of A New Hope and what characters like Talon Card and such like were, and really Lando were uh, using to yeah, some expanded universe Yeah, Lando stuff. was. I think when we first met Lando in, in, in Empire, I think he was like that. Right. He was a scoundrelish, but I think Lando genuinely does have the good heart in him. Boba Fett, I'm not going to say there's a heart in him, but I think it's he sees this more as a business rather than a power grab, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think Boba Fett, a great way to describe Boba Fett is the word you're looking for is pragmatic. I think he just, and matter of factly, it, it, mm-hmm. I think there is, to, to, to make the DC analogy, I think he is a lot like Deathstroke. Deathstroke doesn't ever take anything personal. It's always business. He's just an assassin. Right. Yeah, you put it that way, I, I can definitely see it. And really what I could also see 
happening is, like you said, not just coming to power and make, making it a business, but because I, when I originally thought the book of Boba Fett, especially with that trailer we saw or that teaser now, I guess it was a year ago now, we saw it as kind of mm-hmm. like a post credit scene. I thought the book of Boba Fett was going to be him tracking down all the people that had pissed him off. Uh, and it doesn't <laughs> look like it's going to be that. It looks like it's kind of like maybe establishing the book of Boba Fett, like maybe he's laying down new rules. It seems to be more of that than than it being a revenge story that I thought it was going to be. Possible. I do think he comes out of this an antihero, much yeah. like Deathstroke. I think much like Black Adam, or they take the, much like Submariner, characters mm-hmm. that maybe started out one way or the other, but over time kind of developed either if they start out as a hero and they developed a little darker side that made him an anti-hero or a, a straight villain who became somewhat more pragmatic or more relatable, right. like Deathstroke, yeah. like Black Adam, like a Punisher, I think mm-hmm. it falls in that category as well. I definitely think that's something that's going to come out of it. I, I will have to say, I think we made this before, the fat Hawkeye ends this week and this and, and that starts next week. That's that's as we would say in wrestling, smart booking. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So you don't have the people that will skip out for a month or two subscriptions, jump back on mm-hmm. when the stuff they want to see starts. Right. Their model on Disney Plus of releasing these like the traditional old school television series where you only get one new episode a week and thus not allowing people to binge watch probably gives them some more longevity too. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so as well. But I guess if there's any complaint to be had out of this, and please understand, I'm not saying this as a complaint. I'm just saying this as an observation. Mm-hmm. Is now, and maybe what we've seen maybe could just be the first episode. I I, I don't know how many episodes is going to be in total, but it looks like everything is on Tatooine. And certainly a good chunk of it being in Jabba's palace. So Mm -hmm. it looks like this will kind of be staying around that familiar territory. And we all, we all know George had the philosophy for all of his six movies that each movie had a new location, something new, new ships, planet, new environment. And again, it's one of the things that I think he had kind of criticized about Force Awakens and such that it still just kind of having the one foot in the past but maybe for this case that might be needed because if he is taking over Jabba's uh business so to speak you kind of need to have the lion's share of the story take place on Tatooine I don't know if you had any well, closing ev- thoughts on that did everything that, that that Jabba did was it illegal it's a good question I would think even like in the real world mobsters and gangsters have legitimate businesses as fronts for their criminal yeah, empires yeah. I, I I would think so too because uh, there's even that quick exchange in Phantom Men where Qui-Gon talks about how Tatooine's controlled by the Huts, and uh, Panaka was like, well, they're, they're, they're gangsters. We can't take her there. But it kind of goes towards, I mean, maybe that's why there isn't that much of an imperial presence. There could be. Well, I often I often wondered when that gets brought up, is it because the Empire's scared of them? I seriously doubt that. It's probably like, they're like why bother? Right. Or in Darth it's Vader's case, what... that's probably the one planet he doesn't want to go back to. This is also, I, I never thought of that, but you're probably right. But, so I take it after we're done with Hawkeye, we'll kind of be planning out the uh, the, the <laughs> time of day when we're when it's going to hit in our respective uh, time oh, zones, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, been, it has been nice knowing working at nights and having access to Disney Plus at my job, being able to watch Hawkeye, whatever it is, in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on, on Monday or Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings, it's been something to fill the void. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I will do the same for for Book of Boba Fett. 
All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into all things Hawkeye. Because like I said, we wanted to get our predictions in before the season finale airs. Equal Radio, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a gaming-themed podcast? Then check out You Just Got Fragged. Join host Jared Aubrey and his panel of gaming enthusiasts as they discuss news and accomplishments in the gaming world and, of course, the gripe of the week. That's all at YouJustGotFragged.com, part of the Wrestling Brethren podcast family. All right, we are back talking Hawkeye. As of this recording, the fifth episode has aired, and we got the sixth final episode of the season to air. And really to kind of catch up on, on the speed, because we had texted each other almost immediately after seeing the respective Well, before episodes. we get into it real deep, do you want to go ahead and wave the spoiler tag? Yeah, good good idea. Good good call here. Spoiler alerts. Spoiler alerts. Spoiler holes been breached. Spoiler holes been breached. The big news, I think, like I said, we we kind of texted each other immediately after our respective viewings of the fifth episode, is we got the identity of the big guy, and I had actually put my speculation in and my reviews for episode four that we could be dealing with Kingpin. And in fact, that is what's happened. Not only is Kingpin now kind of in the MCU proper, if you want to call it that, we're getting Vincent D'Onofrio back uh, as he was in the daredevil netflix series so i think we kind of both did respective backflip and we saw that right oh yeah i mean that was a total geek out moment and i think that he we've talked about it before when the weaknesses of the mcu is not that dissimilar from marvel comics as a whole is their dearth of really really charismatic and enjoyable villains and in the comic books kingpin is actually he's he's anti to that majority more and also Vincent D'Onofrio's portrayal of that character is very much against that in the movies as well. I, I've said before that first season of Daredevil, there were episodes where you could easily call it the Kingpin show instead of Daredevil. Right. They, they had parallel kind of origins, so to speak. So, and I think it was that type of thing where it kind of made them parallels. I think that whole episode where there's that weird white wall at his prison and mm -hmm. then it starts out with, with a close-up of that, and then we get the whole backstory to, to, to Wilson Fisk, and we understand why that wall looking like it does mean so much to him. That was great story writing. That was great acting by Vanessa D'Onofrio. And this is nothing against Charlie Cox or, or any of the other, other good actors and actresses in that show. He just, he steals scenes at play. Yeah. And I, we both have agreed on that multiple times. So, And, and you can definitely it, it, tell that he loves playing that role. And I, and I know yes. that he had to kind of keep it quiet that he was in. And then I think after that episode aired, he'd like, Vincent D'Onofrio on Twitter had like put out a tweet or something to the effect of, oh, when I was I'm a boy, back. almost like he was <laughs> yeah. kind of fading into the Kingpin character. Yeah. it's uh, And this is, is, is bad as, as bad as the Ben Affleck Daredevil film was. I will admit there is a little soft spot in my heart for Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. I didn't think he was bad. Did you? Right, right. That that was one of those things. It was like, well, if you're going to have a black Kingpin, he's a perfect cast for it. Right. Sadly, of course, he's no longer with us either. But yeah, I thought it, it, it's just it, the, the MCU. <laughs> we all love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. <laughs> but come on, man. He can't be the only good villain you got. <laughs> right. And then, then, then finally, Michael Keaton came along as Adrian Toomes, and he was enjoyable. And now... It's not sure if he's actually 
gonna gonna be part of the MCU proper because of the whole Sony kerfluffle, you know? Right, right. But and it, he's already in the Morbius trailer, so right. he's definitely going to be in the Sony Spider Universe stuff, right? Right. But we don't know, so it's like, okay, we've lost Loki's kind of a good guy now, even even though they tried not to make him a good guy. He's by the end of the end of the season one of Loki, he's kind of a good guy again, <laughs> right? And and Thanos is dead. And yeah, <laughs> who else you got until right. Dr. Doom shows up? I don't think, though, what was the gentleman that played Kang? I don't think he was bad. And, and we still but, haven't seen all of what Kang will happen. But whoever is going to be cast as Dr. Doom, they're going to have to be a hell of an actor because they're going to have those big shoes to, to fill. And, not, right. and that's on top of just being the character of Victor Von Doom, who's also supposed to be very charismatic. Right, exactly. So it's nice to see... Not only a cool villain, which is a rarity in Marvel, one that is so well done by a particular actor. And one of the things I think that's always separated Marvel from DC is that Marvel has always had like, and we've talked about this before, Marvel's got the big grand scale type stuff with the Fantastic Four fighting cosmic mm-hmm. threats and the Avengers fighting global threats. But then they've always had the street level stuff too. It's Spidey and Daredevil and Luke Cage and those guys. And Kingpin is the top dog bad guy in that world. And I guess they kind of have that in DC where Gotham is kind of Gotham and that's Batman. And then everything else is like big and, and, and like earth shattering with all the other heroes. But Batman crosses over into that world so much. And how many times have we seen Joker and Lex Luthor team up and they become a, a global threat as a duo? So yeah. they just... They just don't do it as much. You know what I'm saying? And, right, and right. they do and, and, and Marvel and they do it well. And Kingpin is the Mac daddy of bad guys at that level. But let me run these major points and uh, major questions by by, mm-hmm. by you here as far as because And this will go back for episodes uh, three through five here. Okay. We know Echo wants revenge for Ronan killing her father. That's established sure. pretty pretty early on. We know that Sloan Limited, the company that Jack is the CEO or CEO of or whatever, they, they have like the direct connections to the tracksuit mafia. Right. We know that y- Yelena Belova was blipped because they did that. They basically showed her yes. getting blipped and, and then and then coming back and kind of her how she learned. So it's possible that yeah, she shows back up at that house where she's going to do a hit as a black yeah. widow. Yep. Throws the, the the red stuff to cure the black widow, the mind control. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then she comes back and the same woman's there and then she has to, you know, explain all that. So it's very possible that she's been lied to. Uh, and, and I, I think it's was Val, like we kind of, we saw at the tail end of the, the black widow movie. I think Val definitely fed, uh, Elena a line of crap to get her to think that, that Hawk, Hawk, was the killed. bad guy. Right. Yeah. And and it was, it was that thing when he when Hawkeye was talking Maya and had said that he he had seen that he had seen Ronan kill Black Widow or, or vice versa. And he said because I was there, and it's one of those things like from an Obi Wan say from a certain point of view because yeah, yeah. that was after Clint had given up being Ronan. He he was back adventuring with Black Widow and then she killed herself. So in a way, Ronan did die when you know, well, we I about- think Ronan died as soon as she as soon as. As Nat showed up in Tokyo and convinced mm-hmm. him to come back. When he did that, don't give me hope thing. Yeah, that, that at that point, he buried Ronan and, and he became Hawkeye again. So I, that's just my opinion. Well, yeah. I always look. And then the last three questions here, 
is how much does Kazi actually know? Because they had that memorable talk in his car where Clint already took his, his gun and his knife and all that without, without him noticing. Right. How much of that backstory does he know? And the way Kate kind of came and, and then saw Jack being arrested and Jack acting kind of playing dumb, but also kind of playing smart. But then we see that final picture of Eleanor with Kingpin. That kind of points the finger at Eleanor Shady, too. She, yes. That, that, I, I think that's the, the overhand, probably why they casted the, I forget the actress's name, but you said you liked her in the... Vera Farmiga. Far yeah, that maybe that, so she can play that part of it, too. So it definitely seems like she knows and probably knows who Kingpin is and what he really does. Well, and, remember, even, even Armand, who is Jack's uncle, who is dies in the, was the first or second episode. Yeah, yeah, killed with he the sword. He says yeah. straight out that Eleanor is not a good person. That argument right. they have at the party. Right, right. Uh, it's where they kind of first tease the tension between them. And then I right. guess the, the biggest question is how the Blazes can they wind this all up with one episode? Now, for all we know, the next episode could be two hours long. I'm not going to complain right. if it is, but they got a lot of stuff to tie up. Well, I, I stand by my early speculation, and I feel a little bit more validated and, and strengthened and emboldened in my feelings this way because of the reveal of Jack being involved in Sloan, is he's going to wind up being Swordmaster, which is Could a be. BC list Marvel villain to begin with. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, because uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember, I think we talked about it in the last episode, if there was if there had actually been an MCU casting in that role. And, and you, here's the thing, just based on their history, if Marvel introduces a secondary character like that outside of Guardians of the Galaxy, they usually do it in their television, not in their movies. I, I think you're right. And I think we'd also said that if this series was 30 years ago, that uh, actually James <laughs> Brolin would be would be playing Jack. Because uh, yeah. there, there was a lot of that 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 vibe there. I'll give you... Well, um, a lot of stuff that was 30, 40 years ago to be different casting, let's be honest. Right. The Suicide Squad, if it was done 40 years ago, Lee Majors would have been Rick Flagg. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Boy, so, boy, you know. we, we, we could do a whole side fan casting in the past or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think that I'm sticking to that speculation. I'm with you though. How do they wrap all this up? Well, we didn't think they were going to be able to wrap up WandaVision and they did. Yeah, they did it very well. And I think it's quite obvious based on the three MCU TV shows we've gotten so far, this being the fourth, the way all of those ended, this is going to have overall shockwaves across the entire MCU and it's going to spill over into the movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. What, what I think is going to happen uh, that would wind everything up is I think we're going to have the public and in quotes here, air quotes, death of Clint Barton, Hawkeye, and Kate will then step in and be the new Hawkeye. Well, a minor thing here, I think, is it seems like Clinton d- doesn't like being called Hawkeye. He just like when she introduces him as Hawkeye and he's just like, no, no, Clint. Right. So, right. but in reality, Morris Colson calls him Agent Martin. <laughs> right, right. But in reality, Clint's going to get what he's wanted for the last several years because Clint's one of those heroes that I think if he could, he'd just go home. He he just wants to go home to his family. Musicals his family. notwithstanding, <laughs> but right, right, right. You, your your speculation off mic to me was interesting about his family. Are we supposed to believe that Linda Cardellini's character, Laura, is actually Bobby Moore slash Mockingbird? Because in the comics, Clinton and Mockingbird are married. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to get to that. Now, <laughs> they've already had Bobby Morse in Agents of mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. played by Adrian Pilecki. Now, 
whether that's considered MCU canon or not is open to debate, but they could also say that they never called her Mockingbird in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they could just say that the name Mockingbird was somebody else. Right. We are led to believe because of actions that happen that now whether Clint trained her to do this or she already had the training when her, when her and Clint met, she obviously knows how to get on like the dark web and find out information because he did. she did that for him. It, 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 I, I speculated to you when you brought that up. That makes sense. How, how are we to know that, that she wasn't Mockingbird and they met through S.H.I.E.L.D., fell in love, got married, and went to Nick Fury and said, hey, we want to start a family. One of us needs to retire. And she said, Bobby says she's going to retire. Laura says she's going to retire. Or maybe her real name is Bobby. Mm-hmm. And Laura's just a fake name. Thanks. And so she retired from S.H.I.E.L.D. Nick set up the off-the-grid ranch that they got, and they started their family. Lots of people meet their spouse at work. Right. I think it's a plausible explanation, don't you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, there was also that thing when they were on the phone and she just starts suddenly talking in German and Clint understands her. And of course, even the kids kind of picked up, oh, she's talking to dad or something to that effect. Right, right, right. And that's the kind of thing that I think that that issue might not be resolved until the movie. I was kind of really thinking Yelena Belova, the Florence Pugh character, was going to be tied into this. We've said it seems across several titles now. They're setting up a Dark Avengers or a Thunderbirds, like Suicide Squad, anti-hero, villain-type group, mm-hmm. and that she was going to be a part of that. But the way this is going, I'm getting to think maybe not. What do you say? Well, I had had the suspicion that she was going to become the new Black Widow in the context of the Avengers films. Because that did happen for a while in the comics, if I recall correctly. Because they actually did kill Nat in the comics as well. Now, I thought that, that was they, an LMD and she was actually in hiding when that but happened. It, it, that's, that, that's that kind of thing where it's, yeah, comics. You know, yeah, nobody yeah. stays dead in comics type thing. Except uh, Uncle Ben and Battling Jack Murdoch and Thomas and Martha Wayne and a few others. <laughs> right, right. But <laughs> Jor-El. But they're and, only dead because if they didn't die, then we don't get the heroes. You're right. Absolutely <laughs> kill the characters, right, both figuratively and literally. But Because I think also, Yelena, because it's what I was expecting to happen in the Black Widow movie, at least it be set up. And maybe they'll still have it. That if she still remains a villain after this, that she adopts the Red Widow name, because I believe that's a name she had in the comics for a while as a villain was the Red Widow. Okay. And, okay. You know, I, I, but that's purely in my mind, just kind of more cosmetic. Uh, than that anything. that would kind of fit in with if she's in the Thunderbirds with Red Hulk. Thunderbolts. No, 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 no marionettes here. Thund- so, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> confusing franchises, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Although marionette uh, Avengers film would definitely be interesting. But, uh, oh, well, didn't Matt and Trey already do that with, with, with yeah. Team America World Police? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then they actually did something in uh, Stargate as well. They did part of an episode like that. But uh, did you have any uh, predictions as far as how they might wind us up? I mean, I, I think my idea of Clint, quote unquote, dying is probably the most more far-fetched one, but I can also see them doing it. No, I, and, I actually don't think it's far Because yeah. what it allows you to do is it allows you to have Jeremy Renner on the back burner if you want to bring him back, because they already kind of did that. He, I mean, he was gone for the first half of the Infinity Saga, and they just explained it away, him and Paul Rudd, one line. Well, Clint and Scott had family, so they took deals. And then they were majorly important in the finale of that story. So you leave yourself with writing like that to bring him back if you want to, and if you don't, you don't have to. Right. So I actually think that's a pretty good way to go. Now, whether they'll go that way or not, who knows? I do think... What's going to come out of this is this is going to be the springboard for whatever villain Jack and, and Eleanor are to be more involved and, and definitely going to be, we know now, the, the entrance of Wilson Fisk 
into more. Now, whether he shows up in a movie or not, I don't know. I get a strange suspicion. We know She-Hulk's coming. He probably is going to show up She-Hulk at some point, don't you think? Right, right. It wouldn't. It would certainly uh, make sense. And right. I know, and I'm going to leave this open here because I know you've seen the movie and I haven't, so I don't even know if I'm right or wrong here, that mm-hmm. we might get some sort of crossing, whether it's in Spider-Man or whether it's in She-Hulk, between She-Hulk and, and Daredevil, because it makes total sense for them to be at opposite ends on the legal a- aspect thing, at least before Jennifer becomes She-Hulk. Yeah, well, I know. And now that we have Vincent Onofrio's Wilson Fisk, it does leave the door open for Mike Coulter's Luke Cage, Charlie Cox's Daredevil, Christian Ritter's Jessica Jones. I don't think they're going to bring back Finn Jones' Danny Rand. I think they've even recast Danny Rand, I think, but I could be wrong. I believe the new Iron Fist is actually Asian now anyway, so there's a, at least on okay. paper to not bring him back. Okay. Uh, and I also think this probably means, oh, shoot, what's the other character? They killed off Purple Man, but I think I don't think the fans would be too upset with David Tennant coming back to play Purple Man, do you? Right. You could always do it as a flashback or, or something like that. Right, right. And and the one real big question out there is, does this leave open the door for John Barenthal to come back as Frank Castle? Yeah. There's one thing about bringing back Punisher, and this can easily be solved because I guess they're doing it with Deadpool as well. They said that Deadpool 3 is going to be R-rated. They'll probably just put it under the, the Fox moniker. I, I love Punisher, and I'm a PG-13 guy. As I've said before, mm-hmm. kind of like my real life, we've had more than enough talkings yeah, in in private for you to back me up on that, probably. But mm-hmm. it's like you cannot have a PG thirteen. You just can't. No, <laughs> but but you can do him like you said, like Deadpool. You can right. have an R rated Punisher movie, but then bring Frank in for the team up stuff and and right make it PG. Yeah, if they're yeah. gonna do that with Deadpool, they can with Wade. They can do it with with Frank too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, if Frank shows up in say the She-Hulk series or something like that. Yeah, that doesn't need to be R-rated, but if they're going to bring back... Standalone, uh, you're talking about. Right, yeah. If they're going to do a Punisher series or a Punisher standalone movie, it would have to be. And I still stand by what I've been I've said for years about that run of, of him on Punisher. That is one of the most gripping and realistic depictions of PTSD I've ever seen put on film. Uh, absolutely. I, I've said this, and I'll, I'll wind up the, the Hawkeye thoughts after this, but we, we've talked before about characters and whether they're lawful good all that i think punisher is a good example much like wolverine of chaotic good where the ends justify the means but yet both wolverine and i think punisher frank castle they'd help the old lady across the street because i think logan tries to be a good man he just fails at whereas punisher here here's the thing i'm only half joking when i say this frank castle is such a black and white character there is no shades of gray with with frank castle everything's no, black and white no. with him where he could be helping that old lady cross the street but if he looks and he sees somebody robbing a bank uh, at the other end of the street he's going to pull out his piece and gun that guy right down while still helping the old lady across the street right at the <laughs> same know? at the same time at the same time <laughs> exactly of course you probably look at the old lady and say cover your ears man right <laughs> then, he, then, then he then he plugs the bad guy <laughs> yeah but but in the case of wolverine he'd probably make sure the old lady's in safety and then he'd run off and lop the guy's head off Right, right, exactly. So the only other thing I can I think could possibly come out of this Hawkeye series is the actual death of Clint Barton. I don't think we'll see that, but it right. could happen. Uh, I think Jeremy Renner enjoys playing the character. I really do. I, I think so, too. So I, I think it's one of the reasons he probably, and I don't know if he's gone on record saying it, but I, I would imagine he probably enjoyed doing that series because giving Clint center stage something he really doesn't even get in the comics very much. But there's two mm. things about this 
And we've talked about it before, certainly by Jeremy Renner, that he has such good chemistry with all the female co-stars because there's not once in the entire run of this series here, much like there was with him and uh, Black Widow, there was no potential romantic tensions there. It, it was all professional. It was all, they know each other, they're a team, and they're going to work as a team. And I even made a joke on my own Facebook page, my personal Facebook page. It seems kind of Hawkeye with the Avengers and Colossus with the X-Men is like they're both kind of the ultimate team players. It's like they complement any partner that they have. And I, I mm-hmm. made the joke, does that make Colossus, Arn Anderson, and Hawkeye, Bobby Eaton? Because you have two guys that were like perfect tag team <laughs> partners, and then you put them that's together. Fair. That's, fair. that's fair. That's fair. Have we ever seen a Colossus-Hawkeye team up in the comics? I I don't know, but it certainly would be interesting. They'd find a way to work together. I think it'd be a good team up. You always think of Colossus team up with Wolverine. You know, yeah, fastball special. And you always think of when you think of Clint, it's either either Black Widow or Ant-Man. So. Right. But uh, he's, and, you know, he's even had, I think, the comic book version of Old Man Logan. He was paired up with Logan in that one. What, what yeah, he was. Logan he movie. was. He sure was. Yeah. He sure was. To go back to Vera Farmiga, you know, speculating whether they're going to they're gonna make her a, a bigger a bigger bad guy. I said it before when we first started reviewing these. They're not going to bring on an A-list actor like that unless they have plans for him. And there there may be another season. We could get season two, and it, and it might be Kate Bishop. It might be Haley Steinfeld as front and center with it, um, mm-hmm. even if we don't get Jeremy Renner back. There's there's still probably going to be more than enough to have Kate Bishop take center stage in a season two. Well, th- th- this is something that's been established in the MCU, is taking a well-known comic book character, introducing them as a neophyte hero, and then watching their development. That's we got. That's the whole WandaVision. Yeah. Was we, we, we saw the entire development of Wanda to where she now is fully embracing she is Scarlet Witch. I think I think to, to a certain extent we got that with Thor Iron Man Captain America in the movies, didn't we? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the, the, the Steve Rogers that we meet in Captain America First Avenger is so far removed from the Steve Rogers that we see as a 90-something-year-old dude at the end of Infinity War. And a whole he bunch is. of memes were created since then. Yes, yes. That is America's ass, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I understood that reference to, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Just, yeah. And and is it just me or is there like this thing about Chris's in the MCU? You got Chris Hemsworth, Chris, Chris Evans, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. They, they just have their chairs lined up and it's Chris number one, Chris number three. Yeah. <laughs> The only one they don't have is Chris Pine. He's, yeah. he's Captain Kirk. You know? right. And he's in D.C. now as well. So. Yeah, I see Steve Trevor. So. Yeah. <laughs> the great right. battle of the four Chrises, right? <laughs> That's going to wrap up this episode of Geekville Radio. We're all looking forward to Hawkeye. And like I said, I wanted to get this out before the final episode airs. This has been Geekville Radio. You can find us at geekvilleradio.com. The podcatcher, if you're choosing, just to search for Geekville Radio. You'll find all of our shows. We got an Examine the Dead coming out soon. I, we mentioned before about the episodes of Examine the Doctor covering Doctor Who. We got a nostalgia trip. We got the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame. Pretty much anything that could uh, whet your geeky appetite. I think we probably have some measure of a show on. And uh, you can find us on social media, Geekville Radio on Facebook and on Twitter. And Train, if anybody wants to talk to you about geeky stuff or pro wrestling, where can they find you? Uh, I'm always available on Twitter at uh, uh, crazytrain underscore JB. Uh, that is pretty much my handle across all social media platforms. If you'll do a search and you see a picture of me, my wrestling days, it's, that's me. This is, of course, the week of Christmas. Probably we'll be getting this out depending on how quickly set that it's at around Christmas. So everybody, whatever your, whatever your holiday you celebrate this time of year, 
I hope it's a good one and it's safe. We we thank you for an interesting 2021. We always appreciate our listeners and and y'all taking it out of your time to listen to this passion project of ours and and have a safe. If we don't talk to you again before New Year, we plan to, but I don't know if you'll listen before 2022 gets here. Have a safe New Year's as well. And before we go, Seth, did you not want to talk a little bit about nostalgia trip? I know some things important to you happened in the last week. Yeah, kind of a little closer to your your heart than a word of mine. Absolutely. Anybody who knows me in real life uh, knows that I've been a Monkees fan literally all my life. It was me who persuaded Train to do the Nostalgia Trip episode on the Monks, and we did that a couple years back. Well, if you know the music world, you probably know the passing of the late, great Michael Nesmith a little over a week ago now, probably a week and a half. And I put a little tribute up on Geekville Radio uh, because I said that he was the monkey that I identified the most with because he was kind of the quiet goofball who still somehow wound up being the smartest guy in the room. I don't claim to be very smart, but it's just I saw a little bit of myself in that as something I could relate to. Even actually would wear the green ski cap sometimes Mm -hmm. for going out. I I actually would model some of the Star Wars characters that I would play after that, that look. And I think anybody tries to be creative or is creative in life could probably learn something from Michael Nesmith, whether it's music, whether it's radio, whether it's podcasting, marketing, because he was unique, I think, in just about every aspect of the world. He was not just a musician, but he headed up production companies. He essentially helped start MTV. That's that's true. The, uh-huh. the evidence is there. And he also helped produce movies. He produced mu- music videos. He actually okay. produced the music video for Michael Jackson's song, The Way You Make Me Feel. So... Uh, and that, that also, like I said, uh, Repo Man, Time Writer, and uh, his mother invented liquid paper, so he helped run that company as well. So Renaissance Man definitely describes him. I just wanted to say that little piece out there about how, how much his career affected me. I know I'll never get the chance to tell him now, but I did want the public to to know. It definitely uh, hit me a bit hard uh, over the past week, so... I wanted to get that and if you, out there. And if our listeners want to hear a little bit more about them, they can go back and check out that episode. I believe it was the second nostalgia trip we did. I believe so, yeah. And I will link it in the show notes at geekvilleradio.com slash 298. You'll get a link to that show. But like I said, if you do a search for Geekville Radio or Nostalgia Trip, you would find it there as well. I'm going to power down here at the Geekville Radio studios, and we'll be back next time in episode 299. going to talk all things Spider-Man no Way Home. This is Geekville Radio, and we will talk to you folks again. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of geekvilleradio.com, a1-wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved. Said you had a stinger. Yeah. When you were talking about the uh, our 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 regular obligatory Doctor Who reference, it, it made me think. How you and me are always talking about if if Doctor Who was ever to cast an American as a Doctor, who would they cast? And we always say Jeff mm-hmm. Goldblum. Yep. I asked a, a Whovian friends of mine. They came up with 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 one that I never thought of, but I think would fit. Would you will approve of? It was, I think it's brilliant. Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, I, I could. See, I just I, I just awesome. remember. My own little idea of Jeff Goldblum as Doctor Who. You do know that there's Daleks outside the gates, there? and these are Daleks. They're 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 not going to come in here and negotiate or take prisoners. They're going to come in here and they're going to kill everybody in this room because that's what Daleks do.
Yeah, well, I said I said Jeff Goldblum, and this other Whovian said that's too obvious. What about Neil Patrick Harris? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Well, he already is Doctor Who's Doctor Doctor Doogie Howser's 